This is Growth Masters. The show for CEOs, CMOs, and anyone wanting to keep up with what's new in the world of business, marketing, and tech. You're in conversation with Robert Tadros. Recently, I had a great conversation with Fred, the co-founder of finder.com.au, one of Australia's largest comparison websites, which receives more than 4 million visitors per month. At the age of 26, Fred entered the comparison market, one of the most highly competitive online categories in Australia. We talked about his entrepreneurial journey, his overall career, and how he got to where he is today. And I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's cut to it now. Absolutely nice to meet you. Do you remember Russ McCumber? He interviewed you. Would have been the bullshit radar. Oh yeah. Yeah, so he's one of my he's one of my boys here. And I'm sending him over to, to Austin. He's opening up the um, Austin office. And I think you guys, I was actually listening to to the podcast and you guys had um we're having a chat about I guess opening up in the US. I understand that you guys have got a you've got an office over there or you're you're starting out over there? Yes, yeah, so we, we have a pretty big business now. We started in sixteen. Oh wow, okay. In New York. I actually personally went there, which was quite a journey in and of itself. <laughs> and um, yeah, started to build out Blinder.com, which is really cool. And then in January of 17, we set up in London. So we got the, the UK office in London Bridge. Then the end of 19, around October, we set up in Canada, in Toronto. And there's quite a few, probably US about 70 people, UK about 25, it's about I think about seven in Canada. Nice. And and how many in Australia? I'm, I'm not actually sure. Um, I think it could be 100 <laughs> plus. Or something. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so, so is, 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 there's a few people. There's a few people. Man, I'd actually love to hear. I mean, obviously, I've I've read the story online, and I, I know your background, and, and I guess where you've come from. But for you know, for our listeners and our viewers, like, I'd love to hear your story. Like, what? Even how did you even get here? I'm always pretty keen, right? From entrepreneur to entrepreneur, like. We've obviously got very fascinating stories. You know, I'm an architect turned marketer. You know, I can talk about that for days. But like, I know you 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 did a finance degree. Like, how did you end up here? I think I'm just a very was very and always have been quite a curious person. When I when I was a kid, I I, I climbed trees and rode bikes and skateboards. <laughs> well, I used to be a professional skateboarder, believe it or not, semi pro. Yeah, I was semi pro till 17, and then I uh, fractured my hip. Doctor gave me an ultimatum. Said you've got two options you quit now and it should heal and you should be okay by the time you're 21 or you continue and you'll probably need a hip replacement by the time you're 21. no one knows that about me it's like this little thing i pull out every now and then and everyone's like what there's no fucking way you're a bloody skateboarder okay <laughs> no man i haven't i was a street skater um i haven't been on a board in years and i'm wondering if it's like riding a bike right i'm going through midlife crisis at the moment i'm like what if i just bought a board and just went down and hit the street and just see what happens, you know? So I'm, I'm just more curious like you, right? I'm, I'm curious to see what, have I still got it? I, I jumped on a board about four years ago and I was still, man, I managed to ollie into a kickflip and land both of them. So look, you know, it's been years, like 15 years or something since, you know, since I semi-pro, you know, I was sponsored. Um, I was breaking decks like every, every two hours, it's running down to the store, giving another one. It was awesome. It was an awesome experience, you know? Yeah, so there you go. We share something in common. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really good fun. It was really good fun. I'll uh, if I find my sponsor video, I'll uh, I'll I'll flick it through to you. Yeah, I'd love to see it. 
there's some really cool stuff in there. I was doing like roof gaps and rails and all sorts of stuff. Smashed my nuts a few times, you know, thought, am I ever going to have kids again? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I was nowhere near as professional, more just getting up to no good, really. Climbing, you know, climbing trees and building cubby houses and stuff <laughs> down, starting fires, you know, like. So you definitely I, like the process of building things. Yeah, creating stuff and exploring. Yeah, I used to go and hang out every now and then in the computer room because um, I like to build build computer games so as that everyone could play them yep. and mess around with the computers. And, you know, this is way back in the day, right before PCs. This is like micro bees and stuff. So, you know, I just like to build stuff and create things, and you know, in, in different formats. School's kind of tough to encourage that, you know. I think <laughs> I, I was very, you know, onto a very structured learning place and found <laughs> university yeah more less structured so i you know and i just sort of wander and i found the internet and i just started unpacking it and building it and creating stuff you know like building websites i was like this is sick and just taught myself like i knew how to code but then i, I taught myself how to code internet languages and from that like I, I found i found something where i could you know i learned how to sell websites to people and market them and, and that was great you know it was a brutal business and I did that at university and left and did that with my, my business partner, Frank. And, you know, we sold that business eventually, but that taught us pretty much everything not to do in a business one and two taught us also at the same time, everything to do about um, what business models to build and what works really well and which kind of businesses, wh where's the money if you're mm. And I thought, you know, a large amount of the money seemed to come from finance. Finance just seems to be a good... Finance people have money. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'd be worried if they didn't. And they pay their bills as well. You know, you know, it's great. I think that that mastery of building websites and marketing for, for people and then translating that to doing it for yourself, it seems like an obvious intuitive leap to just go and, you know, build a website that's obvious, but what to actually do and which actual site to do, I, you know, that was not obvious. Mm. Um, you know, we, we built a credit card. Credit card finder was one of them. We built a Sudoku site. We built a poker site, a sports <laughs> site, a Mother's Day present site. We built christmasday.com.au. And I think those were all great experiments. But what we realized was the, the credit card site had, you know, instant scale and great economics around it. We couldn't see it at the time, but we thought, hey, what about, you know, let's register home loan finder and personal loan finder just for kicks. And, and eventually, you know, we started to build on those. And we, 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 we left the other public company that we were working at and we went into work doing this full time. We thought, hey, let's go and do this. I don't think we had a massive strategy just other than to grow it. That was pretty much it. Just compare more things and get more credit yeah. people to buy more credit cards from us, basically. And I, and I, I think that what's, interesting about that is as we started doing that we realized as we talked to customers and got the feedback about the website and realized the social impact that we made to people's lives like we would get these emails saying oh my god thank you so much i just saved like 170 bucks a month on my credit card and i would never have known how to do this unless it was for your website um i hope there's someone at the end of this email thank you so much you know <laughs> uh. um and, and that was like, whoa, where, where this is a thing. You know, we're talking about people's lives, you know, whether they buy their kid a bike 
at Christmas or not, or whether that single mom is able to buy the sewing machine so that she can go and build a wedding dress to get that extra thousand dollars so that her child, you know, is able to go and play soccer. That was kind of trippy, right? And, and, and there's different areas that are not as, I guess, altruistic to a large degree, but, and, you know, credit in and of itself is, I don't know, you know, it has some stigma around it, but in the main big sense, every market in the, you know, you could look at the top and the bottom of the, the bell curve of what you're doing and you could say, oh, it's really bad because this is really good because of that. But most of it's in the middle. Most of life's in the middle. It's this gray, blurry, brown mess of not quite this and not quite that. That's the majority of things that happen, right? And everyone just judges by the top and the bottom. But most people, you know, get a good service and that's great, right? And I think we just sort of took that and went, okay, how can we genericize that? And that's where... Finder really was just born out of was was actually I, I downloaded the top uh, one thousand keywords out of Google for the keyword credit card, which was the most popular because back then keyword stuffing in domain names was how you rank number one. Yeah, and and uh, footers, footer links, footer links, <laughs> uh, um, words under images, and all sorts of things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. White on white, black on black. Uh, yeah, I, I tried a lot of things, which I never tried again, but they worked, but I, you know, they're not long-term strategies. Yeah, I just downloaded that and it was, you know, credit card.com.au, not, not available. Credit cards.com.au, not available. And just went down the list. Number six was credit card finder, available. Cool, register. That's the name. Let's go. That was it. Yeah. And that's really all the thought was. I think what's instructive about that is, yes, you can have a strategy, you can cook up all these ideas, you can plan and you can test and learn. But sometimes you could just execute from all the mastery that you've developed and then figure out the strategy after that and you've got a business. But that is going to take an investment of seven years to master some pretty serious things. You know, it's much easier. I, I, I bloody love that. I love that because it's, it's very much the way that I, that I operate. You know, I can... Man, I can, you know, we can sit here and draft our business plans till the cows come home, right? And then you get hit by COVID. <laughs> Guess what? It's just a waste of time, right? Or you can just execute and just develop as you go. So, yeah, I, I totally can totally resonate with that and, and totally agree with it. In, um, an entirely new challenge. I think this story is how do you deal with a crisis? Mm. And you're going to get, everyone's going to get dealt a slightly different hand. You know, I think there's a personal health challenge. There's a financial challenge. There's a business challenge. There's a, a motivation challenge. There's a family challenge, you know. Mm. And I can imagine during a wartime or during a, um, a major revolution or some sort of immense upheaval, people would experience the same kind of multidimensional impacts. Just everyone got it at the same time this time. I, I feel like in general, I've been quite good to deal with change. Okay. I, I think I embrace it to a large degree just because I come up with so many different ideas that I let, you know, Darwin and um, Mr. Evolution basically kick them all as hard as they possibly should be kicked until one survives. And, you know, the survival of the ideas is kind of my, my thing. You know, I, 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 I part of me, like really found that whole experience quite tough and it was very tough and it has been very tough. And part of me saw it as an incredible life challenge. 
you talked there about, to me, what almost sounds like the purpose of Finder, right? Like it's changing people's lives. I think from a consumer's perspective, I'll take my marketing hat off, but as a consumer, I just think of Finder as a comparison site, right? But from a business, like I'd almost ask the question, like what drives you, you know, like what, what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, why, I guess for me, I always, I'm a big fan of just like figuring out your purpose in life. Right, we, we get up every morning. We go and do do our thing. We build businesses. We we break them. We start again. We you know we refine. And I think a big question I've been asking myself over the last few months is like, why am I actually doing all this? Mm-hmm. You know, like what is my actual purpose? And I landed on something personally anyway that was to to really lead and support those around me so they can actually build the life that they that, that they desire. Right? I mean, I'm in the service based. You know, we we do websites and SEO and marketing and you know we're digital agency. So you've lived that space, right? You, you get it. Now I've obviously got other investments and other products and things that I that I do on the on the side, but that was that was big for me. It was like, okay, so now this is why I get out of bed in the morning. You know, I, I ducked pretty deep to to get there, um, and then from that I you know obviously we've impressive has got a purpose and a, and a north star. We know where we're heading and 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 why we exist, and it's on the back of bloody all my t-shirts, right? To, to drive business performance through impressive marketing, but you know, like for Finder you said something there very, which was really caught my attention is, you know, you changing people's lives. Mm. I'll talk to me about that, man. Like, is that, is that like, has that been defined as like a, almost a vision or a, I hate using the word mission and vision, but is that like the purpose of finder? Like, is that why finder exists? Yeah. So our, our vision is to better all the world's decisions. Yep. And, and, you know, we, we very specifically chose a few different components. You know, if you break that down, it's to better make, make things better, a better decision. Yep. And, and, all the world, the world was our decision, right? To, to choose to go and leave Australia and do more than that. That was a pretty big, like... That's huge. It was, <laughs> yeah, it's very punchy. And decision is a big word as well, right? So I think, you know, we're, continue, we're building new technology and better technology to do this. I, I think what's the purpose? Well, it's in some small way if we help inform people give them the information they need in some small way by them making a better decision in their life, they'll end up in a better place. Which is life changing, right? If I'm comparing two cards and, you know, and ultimately I'm saving money, that is changing my life in one way, shape or form. Right. Right. I, I think so. So people feel good about that. You know, they, mm. cause it, you know, your life is a whole series of just basically choices that you've made. Yeah, people believe that you know you don't make those choices, but we won't go down that rabbit hole now. Um, <laughs> you know, I think you can make the choice to go and compare. Not everyone does; most people don't. But the people who do, they want to be informed. If you zoom out, I think people who on on in, in general, you know, inform themselves and make some sort of comparison are probably going to get themselves a percentage better deal than other people who don't some people just luck on it and they ask their friend and you know that's great but some people don't have anyone to ask and some and a lot of people you know if you go back in time one of the big things that happened when this is a big trend but it's, it sort of started to happen i'd say around the uh 50s and 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 60s is where and even i guess more towards the 70s as well is you know when you get to 20 or 25 you move out yeah you go live with your friends or flatmates or by yourself. You go back in time. No one left their family. That's you don't. Why would you leave? That's crazy. You just bring on more expense. And the main reason was is that if you fell down, you would 
die essentially like you no one's there to pick you up like you can't recover yeah but now there's enough institutions and corporations that either through insurance or institutions where like the government has put things in place so that you can recover by yourself independently you can recover Mm. and that's a big change in this world right but what does that actually bring well when you live by yourself you start making your own choices and you're not you're going to ask yourself and so people need to get informed and this is a trend this trend would have been around in the past right and it's still growing right you know people when they move out they get their own health insurance they get their own family they get you know they start paying electricity or you know who do i choose um Mm. Your cell phone plan, all, all those kind of things, right? I think that's probably an underlying trend, which has driven part of this. I think there's been a Cambrian explosion in brands coming onto the market, and there's a lot of disruption and innovation happening in financial services, particularly banking, uh, mortgages, shared working. You know, I think these are air, money transfers in particular as well. They're, 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 they're rapidly changing, right? And so what that does that do? It makes more choice. Now I'm like, oh my goodness, now I need to include those in my consideration set. I didn't mm. think about those. And you want to know, is it worth it? You know, can I basically get a better deal? So these are some themes that I think are driving this comparison and this need to make it easy, right? I just want to like, like, like I'm going to be super brutal, but like people don't really want to go and compare. Like you don't, you get a bit of a dopamine hit out of making of making it getting a good deal, like a little bit of a hit. You're like, yeah, I got a really good deal, you know. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's it's good, but it's not like you're gonna wake up and like do it every every single day because it's awesome. Yeah. it's a bit of a grudge, right? You got to do a bit of work. So, what I've always thought is, given the nature of the the what we're doing, how can you either one inform so is that it's very easy to do, so educate. And two, you know, how can we start to build technologies that make it easy? And, and, and what do I mean by that? Well, you know, very much I'm, ex- so I'm gonna come back to this whole purpose thing, right? I'm, I'm, I'm you know, our purpose being help people make better decisions and um, living a better life because of it. The, 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 the thing is it's gathering the data, mm. it's analyzing it, and then there's the taking of the action and making the decision. All of these things are multidimensional in general, but fundamentally we're building technology and systems to go and make that a lot easier for people to go and do. And then ultimately you just get yourself into a bad situation. You know, like, you know, if you're paying a hundred bucks a month on your mobile phone and you could be paid 30, that's a yeah. serious saving. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's um, 840 bucks a year. That's a lot of money. If you save 1% of your home loan, you're probably going to save yourself 30 grand over the lifetime of your mortgage. You know, that's a serious saving. And I know categorically from our data, people are paying like three, four, 5%. And there's 2% rates out there right now. Mm, absolutely. I mean, there's been another, there's been another interest rate right, cut, right? I mean, I hopefully whether that gets passed on or not. Um, but yeah, absolutely. There's so much savings right now, right? I would imagine that like even during COVID, I'm just using some third party tools, some of which I'm sure you're ahead of like, or we use all the time is AH and, and SEMrush, but like traffic over the last six months, have you guys, I would imagine that you guys have just been chock-a-block, right? Like everyone's sitting at home, bored, consuming so much media, 
getting and, and going through tasks and things that have been on their to-do list for, for a long time. And some of those might be to review all their insurances and their credit cards and home loans and finances, right? Has that been the case? So, yeah, I think definitely, I think definitely people are doing that. Yes. Yeah. Um, they are, I, I would say they already were to some, to some extent, like people, yeah, yeah I, I think, I think the big one is people's home loan. I think that's where mm. there's a major amount of interest right now. I think people mm. are investing in stocks, a lot of interest in that. Yeah. Um, people, everyone got really annoyed at their broadband, like really annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so you know that's been a big category. But I think more so, and this is kind of counterintuitive potentially, is I think people have just been cutting back. So so you know they've been downloading the app. They 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 look at their spend analytics and they just cut off you know that gym service and that subscription and that food food subscription service and the extra streaming service. But I can just have one or. Whatever have you, right? There's just been, I think people are just cutting back. And they, what we've seen is a, is a dramatic increase in savings. It was just saving more money. And because of that, you know, they feel kind of like they've got lots of money because the government's been paying them lots of money. And so you get this different behavior where now we're seeing a lot more spending, which is probably the most counterintuitive thing you would have expected, but it's actually, you know, what was supposed to be encouraged. And so because of that, there is, Unfortunately, or fortunately, not sure which way, there are a lot of people who don't aren't experiencing financial stress, and they have those products and they're subscribed and they don't really mind what what's going on. They're just keeping it as it is. But for for the people who need to change and need to move, they're probably cutting services rather than switching services. Yeah, and I guess probably the biggest question right now is what happens when they cut JobKeeper because obviously that's a big financial investment and injection into the economy. You know, and the intention behind it is, hey, we're going to give you money and hopefully you're going to go out and spend it and we'll keep the economy afloat. And they cut JobKeeper in March or whenever they're going to cut it. And I wonder, I wonder the impact that that's going to have. I, I personally think, you know, they're saying we're in a recession. I, I personally think we're, we're, in, we're in a depression, not even a recession. And I, and I think it's probably going to get worse around that time period, you know, just before the end of financial last, last quarter. That's my own sort of personal take on things, you know, because right now it's just like, it's almost like this fake economy, right? It's not real, right? Because they've just pumped, they've injected cash into it and people are spending, right? And we're seeing it even like from a, from a marketing perspective, I'm sure you're all over this, right? Like we're seeing trends in online retail, electronics, you know, consumer goods, yada, yada, yada. So you, you strip away JobKeeper and what's going to happen? It's, it's, I, reckon, I reckon it's going to be a very interesting world on the other side of Christmas. I agree with you. I, I'd be fascinated to understand. Um, you must also see, I could imagine there's a dramatic increase in media and the number of impressions that are available and the prices to acquire customers probably. Huge. <laughs> Huge. And we're like, there was um, after the, probably the little bit after the first lockdown, I saw some of the cheapest CPM costs on Facebook and Google I have ever seen in my 12 years of marketing. Unbelievable. Like there was the, the CPM cost was so cheap and naturally you've got a lot of retailers that are just investing bucket loads of money into it. You know, like we've got a number of big clients, you know, whether it's minor 10 or some of the biggest retailers and this, this seeing some of the best growth they've ever seen online. You know, you've got, you've got consumers who are, who are sitting there and you know, they're sitting at home and they're just, as I said, they're consuming so much media, right? So, so much media. And, and, Google and, and your Facebooks and your big, your big media guys, um, they're almost cornered and put in, put in a position where they have no choice but to reduce their, their fees. 
So, you know, we would advise a lot of our clients to take, to take the opportunity and, um, and it's paying back dividends and, and more, you know, it's paying back really good, really good returns. I, I have no doubt that it will probably, you know, we're going into arguably probably the busiest time of the year, right? With Christmas around the corner. I, would, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they start lifting up their, their prices. You know, cost per click is probably going to go up a bit. You know, CPMs are probably going to go up because this is key period, right? Black Friday around the corner. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of key events coming up. You know, this is, a, this is for us as an agency and we predominantly focus on e-commerce and, you know, retail and, and fashion. Like, that's our game. This, this last, the Q2 is like our biggest Q throughout the entire year. You know, retailers just throw bucket loads of money at it. So it's been, it's been, it's been quite interesting. And I actually think, you know, there's a lot of opportunity during, during, during COVID, right? Like I reckon there's going to be some emerging industries, like not even businesses. I'm talking new industries that will evolve out of, out of what we've just gone through. You know, I reckon there's a lot of businesses out there and probably in the tech space that are just cooking, right? They're simmering at the moment, right? And then come into 2021, and there's going to be these like big bangs of software companies that just, you know, evolve and, and, yeah, so it's, I, I think 2021 is going to be a very exciting year. You know, we've all been punished in 2020, but I think that, you know, that the smart ones are the ones that have been investing in the right tech, that have been developing the right technology uh, that is pandemic proof. Because, you know? I mean, who knows, right? Who knows what, what's, what's going to happen? So, I, yeah, I strongly believe that 2021, we're going to see some very interesting businesses evolve and, and, and emerge and some, even some new industries. I've always been a big fan of, 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 of search, right? Like it's, that's my world. It's where I've come from SEO predominantly. Um, that's how I started my first e-com, you know, e-com brand and very much like yourself, right? I used to put bloody stuffed footer with keywords and, you know, white on white and black on black. Like I used to live on black hat world. <laughs> this is going back, you know, when I was in uni day. So this is a good 12, 13 years ago. I built my first website and I was importing products from the U S to Australia and I built this brand and, you know, and it was, it was, it was awesome, you know? But, uh, so I've always, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for that, for, for, that, for that space. I don't do any of that stuff anymore, but it's, and I'm some of the trends that we are seeing in the, in the digital landscape and just on even the SERP through Google and, and some of the other platforms has been, has been incredible to watch. You know, some of the trends are really, really, really fascinating. So where you talked a lot about technology, right? Are you guys developing a lot of your, your own proprietary tech, tools, systems, I'm, I'm assuming obviously you've got some already. What does it look like? What does the future hold there? Yeah, so um, you know, we're heavily invested in this app we built and probably about 50,000 members now using it. We're just continuing to, to, to build out the functionality and make it better and better and better. So it becomes more intuitive, it becomes, you know, it's, it's, a, it's our first real service. I know that sounds strange, but it's where something you sign up and you join and you, and, and, and uh, we've hired someone from a big bank, which is great. Smart. And they can, you know, give, they're giving us so much insight about where the loopholes are, where's the gaps, what's, where's yeah. the opportunities, and, which is great. And then there's, so I, I spent a lot of time doing cryptocurrency. Um, I went really down the rabbit hole with that. And I built a, a cryptocurrency brokerage and we sold that business. Nice. Um, you know, we were the first agency on a global scale to accept crypto as payment. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got pretty deep into the rabbit hole as well with crypto. <laughs> anyway, we, don't have, we, we, could go, we can go here and we can spend days on this topic. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's a great business. And we still have a big business on Finder that 
you know, helps people compare exchanges and find mm. wallets and all sorts of things, right? Yeah, I just think that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in the confluence of some of these new technologies and taking sort of the, just the eyes out of, I guess, some of them and, and, and implementing them. You know, I think there's some beauty in them. And, and, and so, you know, I'm, very, I'm, I'm going all in on building tech and delivering incredible services all around the world with some of these new emerging technologies. Because I think that's where the future is with finance. And, you know, part of it's crypto and part of it's open banking and part of it's, um, I guess, open finance in general as well. Part of it's digital identity and, and kind of wrapping a lot of those things together in just very neat service offerings. And so, so I think that's, that's kind of where I'm very long and where I'm super excited about building things which no one's ever done before. Uh, man like uh, i love that no, no I, I love it i mean you, you if just looking at the fintech space for, for a while you know like um what we, we don't have to go far air wallets right i mean they just raised another what was it 56 million bucks or something you know like that's a it's an awesome success story those guys really really cool you know so i think i think you're definitely onto something um and if you can you know bring that to the global stage it's another australian success story right and we're, we're definitely on the map you know, there's been some, some amazing tech that have, that have come out of out of Oz. Global expansion, or is it global domination for you? I mean, you're already in the US and the UK. There's not really much left. You've pretty much got APAC. Thought about Europe? Yeah, Europe's an interesting market, and they, they're, they're big on regulation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no surprise there. Southeast Asia is also very interesting. Again, very emerging. Got us, you know, I, I don't see us really participating that much in China. I think it's a bit... You need a very sharp angle and there's extraordinarily high capital requirements. Yeah. Like the, the, the competition is, it's beyond the, even the next level. So, but I think there is, there's a lot of space, you know, it's a big, big world. There's a lot of space to make some, make some impact. And I'm excited about that. Very excited. What are your top three hacks? I love asking this question, right? Entrepreneurs, business owners, CMOs, what are some of the, the top three that you'd like to share with me and our listeners? In terms of hacks, maybe just contextualize that for me a little bit. Uh, give me three top tips for, how about we go with anyone that's looking to start a business in the current climate? Because mm, I think we both agreed, right? That it's, it, is, it is different. You got to look at things from a different lens. Yeah, I think where I was going to, start somewhere right now that's really interesting that's really yeah what would you do you know if you were to start finder right now in september 2020 knowing what you know you know taking some of those learnings what do you reckon you'd do differently i know i put you on the spot there a bit but well you know what's 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 great is that i don't have like a large amount of creativity on it <laughs> you know that's a good sign <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Because, you know, I feel relatively confident about, you know, some of the trajectory we've gone on. I do think there's probably a degree of risk. So I'd just be more outrageous, more, just take more risks, essentially. You know, you can, it's not very hard to just push something a little bit further than it should be pushed. And then suddenly you're in a risky territory. And, you know, I, I think that's where risk management and damage control comes in. And, and, and anyone who says, you know, 
entrepreneurs aren't reckless. I, I think entrepreneurs are actually incredible risk managers. Mm. And what they're doing is they're saying that risk, yeah, I'm going to take that on and I'm going to bet against the house on that one because mm. I think the house is wrong. And so you reckon we calculated gamblers? I think, I think great gamblers aren't really gamblers. They're, they're actually just great mathematicians. I would agree with that. I've always said poker is not, a, is, is, uh, is not gambling. And, 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 you know, there are some, they mainly play angles where the odds are stacked towards them. You know, they go to sports games, they sit in the audience and, you know, they, they manage that seven seconds between the delay of the real sport and the actual sport numbers that come out and they put bets on and stuff like that. Right. They, they find yeah. the images or they find the drunk people who are betting, you know, with their team, which is never going to win. And then they bet against them and like there's edges, right. In all those things. Yeah. This, that's professional. I, I see very little difference with those people taking the other sides of those bets and a stock market market is people betting at someone else saying you're wrong and the market is a zero-sum game right it's people find out very quickly billion mm. options i think in stocks it's slightly different right you're, you're holding and you're investing and there's a whole other series of things on that um but particularly in stocks right i think i think that's one thing i think the second thing is i would move to a a new space something which has just been created and i would play there because no one has any idea how to play there. Yeah. And, and I think everyone's actually struggling quite a bit with innovation right now, like a lot. So, and, the, and why is that? Well, they're firstly just trying to, trying to survive. Mm, that's right. And then the second part is that now trying to innovate as well. Um, so many companies are in, in a very challenging spot, but I think a lot of companies have pivoted and they've adapted to something new. The question is for them is, are they going to also start up their old business and keep that going at the same time? That's interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. For us, I think, you know, the answer is yes. Like we, we set up, a, you know, a few new businesses during that time and, you know, we're going to continue investing in those, which was great. I, I think the other thing, you know, from a third point, what would I do? I would go look and look at my mastery and what I'm really good at. And I would go and do a really big recruitment drive and interview like a like hundred people, maybe even 200. And I would just find peculiar and unusual, incredible talent. And I would just gather those people together and say, right, we're going to go and do something outrageous. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I've got a hunch. And it, I would look at my past experience and I would, Say, you know, what am I good at? What have I, what have I done? What do I know? That, what do I know to be true that no one else knows and, be, and believes? And I would go and just put it all in on that. When, so let me, let me take a step back. I wouldn't say all in as in all of my wealth. I would put my first bet on all in on something. So I keep it small, but I would be all in on the idea. My conviction would be very strong when I say all in. Um, so that I'm removing the poker term there. My conviction... <laughs> And then I'd find out, did this work or not? And it'd be a yeah. small test. And then very quickly we would know. And then we would adapt and we would adapt, move and adapt and continue to, with very strong conviction that we will truly find something. And that's generally my approach to most things. Man, I so love that last point. We, we very much do think alike. You know, I'm always trying to find the best talent. You know, I've always said the way that I run, run my business is always people, clients, revenue. 
right? Because if you can get the first two right, the revenue will, will come, right? And generally, if, you, if your people are happy and they love what they do, you know, they'll never work a day in their life and the clients will feel it and naturally, you know, they'll, they'll, pay, they'll, they'll pay their bills. And I think there's so much good talent right now on the market that, that are up for grabs. So I, 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 def, I definitely agree with you. If you can pull together an army of just geniuses and then figure out what the opportunity is later, <laughs> right? I love that. I think it's, it's great. It's, it's definitely a great perspective and a great way to, 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 to look at it. Fred, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really, I've, uh, I've, I've enjoyed our chat. How do people get in touch with you? I mean, are you on social or I'm assuming probably LinkedIn is... Yeah, hit me up on the LinkedIn. That's, that's normally where I hang out. I'm on Instagram. I have a profile there, but LinkedIn is my, my, old, my channel. And I, I really, I lean into LinkedIn a lot. Yeah, I know. I follow all of your posts. Well, Fred, ladies and gentlemen, the co-founder of Finder. I hope you've enjoyed it. Fred, thank you again, mate. It's been, as I said, an absolute, absolute pleasure. And, and hopefully one day we'll, uh, we'll meet in person <laughs> when, this, uh, when they open the borders again. <laughs> Would love to. And I really appreciate what you're doing in terms of helping people create great businesses with your marketing. Love it, man. Thank you very much. Thank you.